Welcome everyone to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This is being recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Today's topic is Clayton West Chapel Conversion with um, with our wonderful speaker, uh, Christopher Phillips. I'm not sure if you prefer to be a Chris or a Christopher, but I've got Christopher written down, so we're going with that for now. Um, before we get properly started, I'd just like to say by way of a disclaimer that today is a wonderful discussion, but that nothing said here constitutes financial advice, and you should always take professional advice before investing your hard-earned cash. There may be the odd unplanned swear word along the way as well. Um, the format today is that Chris will speak to us for uh, about uh, a while, and then we'll be taking questions from the floor. Um, by way of a uh, quick bio, Chris returned to the UK six years ago after living in South Africa for over 30 years. Uh, and then in 2015, um, Chris and his wife, jo- Joanna, um, started a property business called CJ21, CJ21 Properties Limited. Since starting the business, they've achieved, um, well, they've purchased and renovated 18 residential properties two for resale and with the balance kept in their buy-to-let portfolio. They've undertaken two titles split with one sold and the other kept in their portfolio and undertaken two commercial conversion projects. I first bumped into Chris uh, not that long ago at um, Paul Lanfear's excellent meeting over in Leeds, um, the wrong side of the Pennines, but, you know, you don't choose where you're where you from, do you? And, um, uh, and, uh, uh, and bumped into Chris, and I think I think I'm right in saying Chris. You're going to get this wrong. It was that that meeting that I saw you do sort of do, do sort of um, a presentation about this development, and thought this is great. We should get this onto Cooper and um, uh, yeah, and 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 get you on. Um, I think it's great to, to see any sort of case study, but I, I'm always particularly interested in um, commercial conversions and church conversions in this case. I don't know if I say commercial, is it? <laughs> um, religion, maybe not commercial. I don't know. Maybe you'll fill us in on, on, on bits and pieces and, of course, what went on with the development in a moment. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think it's also interesting. It's not just interesting for people looking at this kind of development. I think there's always, with any case, do a lot to learn, whatever stage you're at, whatever particular strategy it is, because it, it broadens your education. So I'm... Uh, excited to hear what uh, what chris has got to say uh, how are you this morning chris you well yeah no i'm good thank you and uh looking forward to sharing a few uh, a few bits and pieces thanks for reminding me that there's a podcast being recorded because i have got slides um i'm quite a visual person so i like slides but i will talk my way through the slides on behalf of your listeners Excellent. Good, good idea. And I'll, I, I, I'm sure that I and I know also jump in and help if, because uh, it's easy to forget when I'm talking to slides and I'm on a podcast, I forget as well. So uh, welcome to all the podcast listeners too. You're very welcome as always. Um, uh, we'll take it away, Chris, whatever you've got. Um, uh, okay. we're, we're all ears. All right. Could you give me screen share? Have I got screen share? Is that all right? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Move, move your mouse about and see if it pops at the bottom. Uh, if not, it does. It does. Um, and I'm going to put that on, and can you see that now? That's loud and clear to me, and I imagine everybody else. All right, great. Well, as you probably judged by now, I'm the taller and the grayer and the less less, uh, handsome, the less pretty part of the the picture there with me and my wife. Um, I have put there five years of my property journey, but it's actually our property journey, and uh, I'll be the first to say I couldn't have done it without her. So um, she's in the background there. So she'll no doubt listen to this podcast and give me, tell me whether I've scored some points or not. But um, yeah, I'll just elaborate, give a bit of context. Um, when Tom asked me to share about this, um, about the, the commercial conversion, the church conversion, I was, uh, I first started thinking, well, we're going to focus everything around that. And we are. But um, my wife, is, as usual, with some wisdom, said to me, well, if you were listening, why don't you ask yourself, what would you like to know? What, what, what would be useful to you? And I think um, if I can give any encouragement, which I have received a huge amount over the last five years from various property forums. Um, so if I can give any encouragement um, in, in terms of just... Uh, your property journey, whether you're converting or whether you're building or flipping or, or just buy to let or doing rent to rent. But hopefully I can, I can encourage you a bit with my story. So without further ado, I will go through um, what hopefully will be my next slide. It keeps going. There we go. Um, right. British born. I lived in South Africa, as you said, for 30 years before coming to the UK. It's interesting that my entire working career has been in the food industry in South Africa, during which time I launched uh, and was a director of four companies, 
um, as well as interesting launching a chain of retail stores under the spa banner. So that was quite an interesting experience. I think it was 25 or 26 when I did that. It was quite an interesting thing to do. Um, and in 2009, I did a stint in London. Um, I was there for four years working for a couple of South African companies looking at the um, UK export market, also on the food and food ingredient side. Um, I went back to, I was called back to South Africa by the parent company to help start up another national company in South Africa, um, by which time both my daughters and their families had moved um, to the UK. And I said to the chaps in South Africa, I said, listen, I'm only coming across for two years and then I'm, I'm out. Um, I'll help you do what I need to do. And that's what I did. So in 2015, we came back. Um, quite interesting because we had one daughter in the south in Somerset and one daughter up here in West Yorkshire. So it couldn't have been much further apart. But um, so we decided we'd spend 12 months in a motorhome. Um, and that was very interesting, especially with the fact that um, my previous work in South Africa had always involved a lot of travel. And I was away for up to three, four days a week. And uh, often I would just see my wife at weekends. So not only did we um, not only did we embark on this brand new career and, and journey and adventure of life, but we decided to do it where we'd be full time in each other's company, cramped in a motorhome for twelve months. Um, yeah, which was quite interesting. I, I figured we'd either make it or we we one of us would have killed each other by the end of the twelve months. Fortunately, we're still together and going strong. Um, yeah, we, when we started CJ21 Properties, um, we, we had a two-phase strategy for the business. The first one, obviously, was to generate cash flow, which we needed, being that being our, our sole source of income. Um, and that was getting a portfolio of buy-to-let properties, which we had 12 months to, to purchase enough to actually just keep bread on the table and hopefully to keep it buttered as well. Um, and then after that, we had phase two of the strategy to achieve capital growth through flips and commercial conversions. So what have we done? Well, in the last five years, we have built up a portfolio of, of 16 single-let properties. Uh, we have what the, um, let, what the banks call a geographically diverse portfolio. We've got properties in Somerset, Hertfordshire, and West Yorkshire, um, which is great. Uh, the... The portfolio has an annual rent roll in excess of 90 million per annum. Oh, 90 million, listen, that'd be nice. 90,000 per annum. And um, yep, and we've, we've got that. Uh, we, we've got that. And I actually haven't bought any properties into the portfolio for the last 18 months because we've been focusing on phase two. Um, what I did, um, and I'll just see whether I've got hopefully, oh, that keeps flipping away. Yeah, uh, when, when I discovered, when we decided that we were going to embark on this uh, property journey, um, while I was in South Africa still, I spent a year reading every single book I could get my hands on to do with UK property, UK tax, everything, because you could imagine it was very different to, um, to things in South Africa. And um, we, we had experience with property in South Africa having um, built and, and, and owned a, a property in a, in a company, a buy-to-let property. Um, but yeah, so I, I learned to, and, and I got myself linked up with a property accountant before I even came, came across. Um, and I started communicating with him and telling him what we wanted to do. So we sort of landed on the ground, with, on the ground running as, as it were. Um, but we, we went to the, I think it was the National Landlord Show um, in, in London in 2015, shortly after we, we arrived back and um, looked at the various mentorship and training programs that were being offered. And the one that really stood out for us was Premier Property uh, with Cam Davidi. So we actually signed up with him for a year's face-to-face -face mentorship. Um, so we did that for the first year. Uh, and he helped enormously, um, lots and lots of wisdom, lots of help. And I just wanted to say, and I'm sure you've all experienced this, but if, if you, you, you might think it's normal, but 
in the food industry in, in South Africa, and I think it's the same here in the UK, the very short experience I had with it, it's a very aggressive, very competitive, very um, hold everything close to your chest, keep your secrets guarded, be on your guard, a very antagonistic environment. And I'm talking about the food industry, generally speaking, especially when it comes to retail, wholesale distribution. Um, and, and they're, they're uh, linking in with the manufacturing side. So I was blown away. I could not believe when I arrived and got into the property universe, um, the people were so open. And, and the amount of help that I got was, for me, it was, it was mind-blowing. It really was. And, and you know, it, it's, it's fantastic because it's for the good of everybody. And it, I think it's the way it should be. But yeah, anyway, that, that was a, a stark contrast to what I was used to. Um, so after my years mentorship with Cam Davidi and Premier Property in London, I then joined um, Susanna Cole, who's based down in Bristol. Now her company is called The Good Property Company. Um, fantastic lady. Um, I did two years of online mentorship with her um, after attending one of her short one day courses. And um, all I can say is that if you're starting in property for the first time and you want unbelievable value for money and, and just an incredible spread and depth of, um, of, of knowledge, uh, Susanna Cole is a really good place to start. So it, it's a punt for her. Um, as I say, she's called a good property company. You can Google it. I've also done um, courses with Progressive property, um, raising angel finance, which is obviously vital, and doing, I did a commercial to residential mastermind course, a three-day course with Glenn Delph, um, who you may or may not have heard of, but he's, um, he's a big name in the uh, in, in progressive and in the conversion um, arena. And then I'll just put as a last thing, and hopefully it's encouragement for everybody. Fortunately, I'm an avid reader, but I've just put down read, 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 Never stop reading and never stop learning. And um, I, I, I don't know who it was, so I can't quote their name, but it was a good quote uh, by some famous person who said, the day you stop learning is the day you die. And I think there's, I think there's some, some wisdom and truth in that. But anyway, let's, um, let's talk about, uh, about our projects. Um, uh, yep, uh, let me just get this back. Where's it going? Right, our first conversion project, and I'll be very quick on this, and then we'll talk about the church. This is a bit of a, a bit of a, a what do you call it? A, it's a starter, as it were, and it's one that actually I, I could spend a lot of time on, but I, I won't. M maybe another time when you want to find out about people who've made the biggest mistakes. But anyway, um, this is uh, this project is Kingsvale Apartments. It uh, was previously a Jehovah's Witness Assembly Hall. Um, we purchased it in July 2019. We have, thank the Lord, sold everything. Um, and we're busy completing. That's why I've gone ahead and I've said all sold by January 2021. Um, it was, uh, the project was financed entirely by private investor finance. And I'll give you a very quick breakdown about that. And it's a massive learning curve. And we have not made a lot of money out of it. I, I'll be the first to put my hands up. However, Unlike certain people who run the commercial property courses and they say, oh, it's so easy and it's just like doing a refurb or, or a, a restoration, but on a, on a multiple unit scale, it's not. It's a different universe altogether. And when I've spoken to people who have done developments um, and started like myself, um, generally the first one you just put down to learning. And if you make some money out of it, well done. You, you, you've done well. And then you take your learning and you, you carry on, and that's very much what we're looking at. So I'll show you a couple of pictures very quickly. Um, there's the old lady. Uh, that's how she was. Um, not a very, nothing grand about her. She looks like, I described her as a, as, a, as a Yorkshire stone Lego block house, Lego block building, which is what she looked like. Obviously, all the work we did was on the inside. On the outside, um, I, I, this is what she looks like now. And yeah, it's what I've described. We put a bit of makeup on the old lady. So that's new windows and, uh, and, 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 a, and a, a few other things. But yeah, I'm sure you'll agree 
a, a big improvement on on what uh, on what the building looked like before. Um, we did six apartments there. Um, yeah, and what speed bumps did we have? Now I'll fly through these quickly and. If you want to come back to this and ask me some questions, if anything resonates with you, then we can deal with it at the end. Biggest speed bumps, right? Fights with the council regarding planning. Um, yeah, so, so say no more. Fortunately, we bought, we purchased the building from the Jehovah's Witness with an offer that was subject to planning. So at least we didn't have sleepless nights there. They just had to wait and wait and wait and wait uh, as we did and go backwards and forwards. But eventually the planning came through. Um, development funding falling through at the last minute. Very interesting that through the gentleman, uh, my, my partner, who we I did, a, this was done under a joint venture with a developer um, who'd done another church, who'd done a church conversion about 300 meters away from, from this building. He, um, he worked with UTB, United Trust Bank, um, he'd done a number of projects through them, so I wrote on the back of his relationship, and we sorted out finance with them, and about um, four weeks before the, um, before the, the sale, the purchase was to complete, uh, UTB had a problem with the title, um, they wanted something sorted, sorted out, it would have delayed the whole process by another two, maybe three months, and um, so they, they, they just said, listen, until you can sort this out, sorry, we can't lend you the money. And that was in a heartbeat, my development funding had vanished, uh, evaporated, which was, which was amazing. Now, um, I, 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 I am a Christian and I, I resort to praying frequently. <laughs> this was one time when I was frequently praying desperately. And uh, yeah, um, yeah the, uh, my prayers were answered because the private investor who put up the funds to help us purchase the property said, "Don't worry, I'll I'll do the I'll do the development as well." So he just dug in his pocket and forked out another four hundred thousand, which was quite amazing. Um, and 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 we we cracked on. And it's uh, he's been well rewarded through the interest that we that we're paying him. He'll be fully paid back by the end of January. So I'm delighted about that. Um, yep, the council, Northern Power Grid, we fought over a waiting for nine months to get power supply to the building. It was just amazing. Um, and this was a big mistake. Even though we did our due diligence, we overestimated the selling prices of two of the six apartments to, uh, to quite a large degree. Um, it probably knocked, between the two apartments, probably knocked about 45,000 off the um, anticipated GDV. So obviously, if we'd been going through um, uh, normal commercial funding, uh, through bank funding, uh, that would have been a problem. Um, it just means that we don't make as much as we'd hoped we would. Um, and also underestimating the costs and using the full contingency of 10%, which we put in. Um, and then, of course, COVID landed up delaying things. Uh, we probably lost about in terms of sales, I think we probably lost about four months, five months in terms of sales. And of course, you're not going to affect theirs. You're going to be paying extra interest over, over the period. Anyway, that's that. That that was the taster. Let's get on to the main course. And uh, there's a picture of a beautiful building in complete contrast to the other one. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous building. Um, six and a half thousand square feet. Um, the building was originally built in the 1600s. There was a chapel on site, much smaller than that one. It burnt down um, around about 1820, um, and they rebuilt the existing building, which was completed in 1879. So that's when the um, that's when it was completed. It was a United Reformed uh, United Reformed Church chapel. Clayton West is um, a beautiful village about five miles outside of Wakefield. It's uh, the, the, the church and the village sits on top of a, of a hill surrounded by farmlands, um, forests. Oh, it, it really is, is beautiful. I, um, I'm, I, it's, it's a pleasure to drive, out to, the, uh, to drive out to the project every time we go. It's just so scenic. 
Um, what was the plan? Well, oh, sorry, I, I'll just give you, there's, there's a few photographs of the building when we purchased it. Um, <clears throat> the top left picture is a picture of the side of the land going down to the bottom. And you'll see there's a, <clears throat> you've got the wall, you've got the neighbor's property right next door. And then you've got another stone wall <clears throat> and um, that had to be demolished to make way for parking and, and, and turning space and drive space. Um, yeah, and that's what the building looked like. <coughs> it's beautiful, beautiful old building. So what was the plan? Um, right, it was convert to six luxury apartments. We identified our market as being the downsizers market. Um, Clayton West is, is an affluent area. Um, the, the, uh, the loads of houses, the, the sales per square foot um, averages well in excess of 220 pounds a square foot, right up to 280 pounds a square foot. Um, very, very, a, a lot of detached, semi-detached houses. So it, 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 it's a good area to do a development. And the, the age of part of our due diligence, the age uh, the, of the demographic was sort of, I think 60% were over 50. So that kind of gives you, so it's, it's the large families and we really believed and we're, we're backed up in fact by the local um, councillor in terms of the need for downsizing property, property to downsize too um, by people in the local community. So that's, that, that was our market, that's what we were aiming for. How would we get six apartments out? We would put in a middle floor using steel beams in the main auditorium. Uh, we would remove and replace the existing floor on the lower ground floor level. Uh, we put in a new floor. There was an extension at the back of the building. We originally thought we'd knock it down. And then we said, well, there's no point because we can actually use it. We just need a new floor. And we decided that it would be worthwhile to, to keep it and use the existing building. Um, obviously, the big thing we had to do was replace all windows. And that was another story. We'll talk about that when we get to the speed bump section. Um, and then having cleared it out and established that the outer shell of the building was, was good, which obviously we did before we purchased it, um, that they, the, only, <clears throat> the only thing that could have been a problem was the roof and that had been completely restored and renovated 15 years previously. So it was in great condition. Uh, we had to replace the gutters um, and the, there was no, uh, no problem whatsoever with the structural integrity of the building no cracks, no subsidence, that's just great condition and very solid. Yeah, standard, beautiful, thick, big Yorkshire stone building in, in been here for 150 years and will still be there another 150. Um, so yeah, what, once we'd established that the outer frame was okay, uh, then what we did was we built a new inner shell and my partner, the developer who's done about 15 of these projects, um, you'll see later, he uses what he calls tin, tin, tin frame. Um, I call it light steel, but th there's, no, there's, no, there's no wooden, there's no studs, there's no wooden framing. It's all done with tin frames and I'll show you some pictures. And of course, on the outside areas, I said we had to level the, um, we had to take that wall down, that big stone wall, and then we had to bring everything up to a, up to a certain level so that we could create the spot, the parking spaces. I'll take you through a few, um, a few photos. Um, this was the strip out. Uh, you can see the um, yeah, building, the various things. You can see the, 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 uh, the, the, the center picture um, just shows you how thick those walls were. Um, the picture was taken from the extension looking into the hall, into the downstairs hall. Um, we had to, from a, a, a roof height point of view, from a, an access point of view, uh, put in new lintels over the doors, which we used. And it, it took them, it took them, it, there were two doors that we, that we had to increase the height of. Um, two openings. It took them a day each to, to get those to, to get the to get the stones out and to and to put the new lintels in. Very very hard work. Um, 
Yeah, and th those were those were some of the some of the strip outs. We we didn't have we didn't come across many um, issues with the strip out. Um, what was interesting was there was a there was a plaque at the lower ground floor level mounted on the wall saying here herein lie the remains of, <clears throat> and it was a previous uh, clergyman, a previous pastor. Now, fortunately, we 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 became friends with the organist, who and and this church had operated until January 2019 before it officially closed. Now, the organist must be he's nearing 90, I think, and he's he's been with that church for 30 years, um, and his father went to the church previously. Uh, so, of course, we we had the inside we had the inside track on what the congregation was like or, or not like and, and what sort of issues. And he, even he wasn't sure where the remains of the uh, of this pastor were. And, and we, we thought that he'd actually, he'd been, he had been buried under the, uh, not under the foundations, but, but under part of the actual um, old chapel. Um, and it was a part that we were not disturbing at all. So we were, we were very happy. In fact, our, our organist, our friend, the organist, asked if he could have the, 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 the plaque or the gravestone, whatever, of, the, of, of that clergyman. We said yes. So we, we took it down very carefully and um, took it across and installed it in his garden where he's very happy to have it. So, yeah, we didn't have any problems. What we did, though, was we had to dig... Uh, we had to dig foundations for the steel beams um, into the lower ground floor, so we were we were very careful uh, as we as we dug to make sure we didn't come across anything. And we were obviously, if we come across any bones or any sign of um, of of people being buried there, we would have had to stop and 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 um, get the uh, get the council involved. And we didn't. We we were again very very fortunate in that we didn't come across any grave sites. So we got our we got all our main steel beam foundations and without any without any problems. And um, so after the strip out, we did the steel work and interior fitting. And here's the here's photographs. I got loads. I had to be had to be reasonably. Um, well, I think I've got over 300 photographs of this job, so I obviously had to select them quite carefully. You'll see in the center one, uh, these main uh, steel beams um, that we used and the, the, the middle floor was supported on those. Um, and then we used, uh, we, used the, the, we used wooden beams to go across from wall to wall, um, which we actually secured and tied, tied in the walls together so we, we actually have reinforced the building considerably by by doing what we've done um, and you can see the, the the tin framing now in in a lot of buildings you'd see that that would all be stud work and people have said well isn't that expensive using tin rather than rather than timber um, and the answer is yes it's about between 10 15 percent more however the time taken to do it is so much quicker um, that it actually cancels it cancels out, and um, the the beauty of of this type of operation there, there's a number of positives about this type of conversion. Um, the most obvious one being that you're doing all your work or most of your work you're doing inside a building which has to be weatherproof. Um, so you're not dependent. Doesn't matter what the weather's doing outside you can you can crack on inside and that's a huge benefit um, the other thing is that you can build which is what we've done um, a new building we virtually this we virtually built a building within the outer shell now once you do that you're starting as as you would do for a new build um, and all your utilities all your pipes all your cabling everything is all running channels between the walls. Um, so your, your, your insulation is, is done up to standard, uh, your, your fireboarding, uh, your, your soundproofing, 
um, all of that is is done as as if it were a new build and so you know you're, you're going to provided it's done properly um you're going to sail your epc and your your air tests and and you know you're not you're not sort of depending on trying to uh trying to make the old 150 year old walls straight or, or or trying to trying to insulate them because you're actually it doesn't matter where, as long as it's waterproof and and then what matters is the is the interior building so yeah sorry I, I i know i'm shooting through a bit um how are we doing for time gosh gone half an hour tom <laughs> said i'd only be 15 minutes <laughs> all right um yeah okay so after steelwork and interior fit out you've got your first fix obviously um after that if i can find it again we've got uh we've got i've lost my mouse ah there we are we've got plastering and painting um, and you can see here the plasterers, we, we've gone to a lot of trouble to accentuate and to work within the, the windows and match exactly the shape of the windows from the outside um, to try and bring that effect in. It's one of the, um, one of the real uh, unique selling points about a, about a project like this is that you have the ability, there's a lot of prestige attached to, to living in, in, in a church. And the way that we've done it is just by copying the windows. Now inside, as you'll see with our decor, we've gone very contemporary. Um, and, and the whole, when, when we gave a brief to our, um, to our decorators and, and our, our designers, we wanted, the we wanted a classic contemporary feel, which, which, is, quite, which is quite interesting in terms of, um, trying to get that balance um, yeah uh, there's some of the external work that we did we took one wall down we had to build another one and uh, we had to uh, it was quite a bit of, uh, of of rubble to be removed unfortunately we had to raise uh, one part of the driveway down at the bottom end of the church so we were able to use whatever material we had uh, generated as, as a result of the demolition work on the wall, we managed to use all that. So we actually, uh, very, very little had to be taken off site. Um, we, we managed to use, to use most of it. Um, right, and, and then we're not finished yet. We're almost finished. We, that's the, the initial um, layer of tarmac down on the, on the drive area. Um, you can see the building's got its, uh, its new windows in. But you know, besides the besides the driveway and besides the windows, we've we've left the church exactly exactly as it was, um, and and I, the the one thing that worked in our favour with the planning that was a very 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 strong point that we could use. This building was not listed; it it hasn't been grade two listed. I think if it had been anywhere else, it probably would have been. But the fact that it was in a little country village outside of Wakefield, they, um, it, it was never listed. But yeah, we, we played to very much and, and, and with, with absolute honesty as well, that we, we took pride in, in restoring and, and saving this old building um, and, and putting it into a situation where it would be not only look better, but we hadn't changed it that much. So that, that, was the, um, that, that was the extent of, of what we did on the outside. Um, now, I've got a couple of very quick snaps of the show apartment, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and, if I flip out to that, are you still seeing my screen? Are you still seeing pictures or has it changed? Yeah, still seeing pictures, uh, okay. Chris. What I'm gonna do is I'll stop share. I'm gonna do that quickly. I'll come back to myself for a minute and I'm gonna do it again, share screen. I'll go back to this and then I'll just take the chaps through the, um, uh, right, hold on a sec. I will just do it again. Hold on a moment, I'll get there. Uh, right, 
that's the one I want. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'll take everybody through a little video tour. Um, so I presume you can see Clayton Court six bespoke apartments. You can. Okay, great. All right, let's just go. Let's go for a, a magical mystery tour, shall we? Um, this is the show apartment, which is two bed um, and a study. And um, yeah, quite interesting. Before I take you any further, one of the biggest issues we had was in terms of dividing the building up, we, we virtually sliced it down the middle. Um, so the effect of what it did is it had the effect of giving us the, the two middle floor or ground floor apartments, very, very long corridors. I think something like 25 meters, which is a long, long corridor. And we, we, we spoke to our design experts and said, look, we don't want this to look like, um, to look like a hospital corridor or, or, or a block of flats corridor. We need to do something with it. And they, um, they very cleverly came up with a color scheme uh, which I'll show you quickly. Let's just take a walk out and I'll, I'll show you. In fact, what, what, what they've managed to do is turn the, um, turn the, uh, turn the corridor into, into a bit of a feature, which is, is really awesome. Um, what they've done is the, the main walls on both sides here are white. Um, what they've done is they've painted a very, very light mushroom color on the ceiling and the end walls. So if I go along a little bit, I can just uh, I can just show you. So the end wall is a little bit darker. The ceiling is a bit darker, and we've done the, we've done the same down here, as you can see, with the uh, with the, the area around. So your two end walls and the roof um, are a slightly darker color, and that has the effect of uh, shortening the corridor and widening it. Um, don't ask me why, but it's a visual effect and it really worked. So, so we, we were quite pleased with the use of, of mirrors and some furniture and the, and the lighting. Well, uh, why didn't you go for either a square layout or use houses instead of flats um, in the conversion to get rid of that funny layout? Because we didn't want to touch the church. We wanted to leave the building as it was. So that, that was why we were... And there, there was no way to get square floor plans in, so you had one uh, flat plan. Not, not with the lighting the way it was, no. This, this was it. So, yeah, anyway, we'll, I'll just take you through very quickly. Basically, we just go back in here. Um, it's an open plan, kitchen, diner, and lounge area. Um, and then we've got a yeah, the family family bathroom is here. Um, right. And then we've got the first the first bedroom, which is a good size. Um, it's interesting to look at the windows, isn't it, Chris? Uh, well, I, I, I think it is. So in all the rooms, I, I only think I'm focusing on is the windows, because otherwise, I, I don't mean this as a, as a down thing, a downside, but you wouldn't know you were in a church. When you start looking at some of the windows, you start to realise, okay, that's the, again, with all due respect, it's quite a small window. It's quite cleverly done, isn't it? Because it's 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 opened out. Uh, the way you sort of design the angles is is clever. And in some of the other rooms, that obviously maybe not on this floor so much, but on some of the other apartments, like you can just see from the outside of the church, can you, some of the other windows are going to be stunning in some of the other. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And in fact, that was that was one of the issues. Um, that it, the, the the way that the build program was was scheduled was that the ground floor apartments would be ready first. And obviously we wanted to get the show apartments up and running so we could start marketing as early as possible. But the ground floor were the only two apartments where the windows were not churchified. So in fact, you're quite right. When you walked in there, you'd have no idea that you, that, that, that you were actually in a, in a church at all. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was good. And I mean, the, the, the feedback that we've had, um, yeah, has been, has been pretty positive. Um, yeah, let's just go on around into the. Are, are you um are you selling these furnished, Chris? I mean, it looks beautifully set up. The show apartment is this. Are you doing furnished or is it? Um, um, what what we are just... doing? No, we aren't selling them furnished. Um, what we've done is this has just been dressed. 
um, and our um, yeah, our, it's actually my my daughter and son-in-law have a um, a property staging company um, called Elevate Home. Happy to give their, their details. Um, they've done all the staging. They helped us with the with the design of the of the property, and um, yeah, so we're not no, we're we're not selling them furniture. Um, although at, uh, they did King's Vale for us and we sold that apartment, just the, we sold all of them, but the show flat, the chap walked in and he said, oh, I want it like this. That's it. He said, I want to know what is the extra cost? Um, we did a, we put our numbers together and uh, we sold it with everything, even down to the, uh, even down to the show, the books, that were in the bookshop. But yeah, okay, right. So just get around to the last. This is actually taking us around to the entrance of the apartment, which is there. And the last little surprise is that we've got rather, rather a nice little study area in there, which was which was great. So two bedrooms and a study. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll just take it around because that's the front door to the outside a bit of an entrance hall and then yeah so as you can see that is a that is a, a mighty long corridor but it's actually the it, it, it looks great and I can tell you in, in real life it looks even looks even better than that so we've had the design people actually managed to make a feature out of what could have been very negative in fact the one thing um, that a couple of people said walking around the show Bob and we've had one open day before the the most recent lockdown and a couple of people said, "Is this? It's big. It's really big. Is it all one? Is it all one property?" So you know that that was that was quite positive from that point of view. So I'm going to stop here. I'm just going to pop back very quickly to the slideshow, and I'm going to go onto the last page, which is the one you probably want to know about, which is uh, the. Um, yeah, got some headline numbers there. Um, right, unfortunately, this has... Oh, there we go. Right, purchase price 235. This property was not bought subject to planning. It had to be an outright purchase price, so we took a bit of a chance, but we had spoken to um, a couple of planning consultants and spoken to the, uh, to the council, um, and while nobody could guarantee 100%, it was 99% sure that uh, we would get planning because basically there was just nothing else that they could do with the building that would have worked in that particular location. Um, so, yeah, so we bought it without planning and, and got our application in very quickly. Um, so purchase price, 235 Build costs, 560 And we're going to come out, I think, just to show it underneath that. Professional fees, 40 Okay. Um, finance costs, 114k. That was all the raising costs. Uh, um, drawdown QS fees, uh, legal fees, all that was all wrapped up in the finance costs, giving us total cost of 989, with an anticipated GDP of 1.2 million. So the profit that we're hoping for will be in the region of 240, somewhere between 200 and 250,000. So. Yeah, so so that's um, that's fairly fairly posit positive and and a, a, a respectable return on a project that's taken us. Um, we started even with coronavirus. We started our work started in January of this year, and we will be fully finished, completely finished by uh, by January, twenty twenty one. So that's that's twelve months. Um, right, let's just tell you about a couple of speed bumps and then we'll throw the floor open if anyone has any questions about anything. But the, uh, the speed bumps that we had, um, I don't know if you've heard of the term NIMBYs or NIMBYism. Um, well, we, 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 we got this in spades. It was actually unbelievable. Um, the, the Leeds Council Planning Department were positive. Our planners were positive. Uh, the, the neighbours on the one side were, were so negative that they actually organised a little lobby group. Um, and I think we had 23 objections to the church, um, which was really quite something. So we were hoping that it wouldn't have to go to committee. 
And of course it did, because as soon as you get more than, I think the, they said more than 10 objections, it automatically, it has to go to committee. Um, so we, uh, we, went, we went lobbying, we, we did speak to neighbours, we went out beforehand and told people what we wanted to do. And it's quite amazing that the, the, the neighbours on both sides immediately next to the property were both in agreement when we spoke to them right at the beginning, right before, before we purchased the property. We said, this is what we're thinking of doing and that they were fine. But goodness me, when the, when the rubber met the road, they, they just turned around and said, no, they said there's too many apartments, six are too many, and you're not going to have enough parking, and it's going to be too much congestion on the road. Um, and oh, they, they, they came up with there's, there's bats, you know, there never been bats in the property. Um, they came up, I, th I think they I think they'd Googled what objections can we come up with and got a list, and then they just sort of cut and pasted and said, well, let's let's go for that. So it had to go to planning committee. Um, we got the local councillor on board. He actually was on the planning committee, so he spoke up at the committee. Um, and what changes did we have to make uh, to, to get them happy? Well, for a start, we the end of the building, which has the most gorgeous view over the valley, has got two very small windows in. We had put large windows in uh, to, to um, to take advantage of the view at the end of the building. Um, that was kicked out. We weren't allowed to put any windows in. We could just keep the ones that were there. So that was one concession we had to make. And then we had to obscure glaze um, because of overlooking into the neighbor's garden on the one side. And it was just for the neighbor that was causing us problems and subsequently caused us a lot more problems um, during the build. That are just very, very interesting people. But um, yeah, so we we agreed two thirds obscure glaze at certain levels on that side of the building, which we were worried would um, would decrease the value of, of the properties when we wanted to sell them. Um, in fact, it, it turns out not to be the case. We have sold one of the apartments already from the um, open day and the apartment that we sold believe it or not, was on that side on the lower ground floor with, with, with the most, with more obscure glazing than any other apartment. And that was the one that we sold. The people said that they wanted it. They had various reasons and, 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 and that, that, that was great. So yeah, not in my, sorry, NIMBYism, not in my backyard is what NIMBY stands for. And of course, NIMBYism is, yeah. Um, we had a problem, obviously we shut the site down in, uh, started in January, shut the site down at the end of February. Um, we waited, I think about six weeks, um, let the government guidelines come out, um, made sure that we, we then went to the, um, we used our CDM consultant, construction design management consultant to ensure that we were meeting every single um, health and safety regulation from a COVID point of view, from a, a, an infection point of view or transmission of infection or lack of it. Um, and then we reopened the site. So considering, consider, we had planned to take uh, about 10 months to do this build. And um, so I, I, I think finishing it within 12 was not, not too bad considering. So yeah, we got it reopened within about six weeks. We had an interesting case of the contractor's staff um, stealing materials off site. Um, so virtually the whole crew was uh, was was dismissed. They, they they lied completely, and they were caught on CC on the on the neighbor's CCTV, um, loading up um, a couple of truckloads of of helping themselves to Yorkshire flagstones. And um, so we the the our contractor virtually had to replace half his team um, right at the beginning of the build, which was unfortunate. Um, Another speed bump we had was Windows supplier. Um, and we, we got a local supplier um, and we, good references and everything, but he was, he says he was let down enormously and I believe him by the glazers because of COVID. And that was our biggest single thing. I, I, I think we would have finished a month ago if the windows had been delivered on time. 
And then we just have on, ongoing unpleasantness, unnecessary issues with, with our neighbor. Um, we, you know, we had to get access to their driveway on a few occasions and they had to move their cars and they, they, they were just, you know, they, they were just in our face through the build, um, complaining about this and complaining about that. And, you know, we, we, it, it was unnecessary. It made it unpleasant. And, um, yeah, we, we just, and funny enough, I mentioned to you that we had made friends of the organist um, for this, for the church when it was a church. And do you know, the first thing that he said was he warned us about those neighbors. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it because when we'd met them right at the beginning, because they were the first people we called them, they were so pleasant and, you know, offering us tea and, you know, chat. And you just think, well, it's going to be smooth sailing. And then he just said, wow, you know, just be very, very, very careful. And we thought, yeah. With neighbors, isn't it? It's funny how people can be nice as pie and then not so much. Um, if it's all right with you, Chris, we'll be good to jump into some questions just to, um, so we, I've got half an eye on the time. Um, yeah. Uh, so if anyone's got any questions, uh, put a stick a hand up or a thumb up or, uh, you know, put, pop it in the chat and I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. We've probably got about five, seven <laughs> minutes thereabouts um, for a few quick questions. I can't, I can't believe I've gone on so long, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. It's no problem at all. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's good. Uh, people, pretty much everybody I get to speak on here. Not if that's not true, but a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not sure I've got enough stuff. I, I don't think it'll go on long enough. I've learned over the last few years, the, well, not a few years, the, the, it's, it's not usually not a problem people who tend to have more to say than they think and that's a good thing it's uh, it's great value for the group so um if someone was going to come to you as you were speaking i've got a few specifics but on a general point if someone came to you and said hey uh, chris i'm thinking about buying a church um uh, i've got a beautiful church here i want to build it and buy uh, buy it and build a uh, convert it out into into flats what would you say to them would you say crack on great idea or would you say jesus christ you know don't do well jesus christ might be a poor choice of words but don't 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 do that you know um do something else uh, save your money sort of thing where would you sit on it i i, I think it um I, I think it depends um i i count an enormous honor and a privilege to being able to bring a beautiful building like that back to life sure so that that is wonderful but you need to check your listings you need to make sure that your, your fundamental points, um, parking, you have to, there has to be parking uh, for, for the property. And um, uh, we, we managed to get nine parkings for six, for six apartments, uh, which was a little bit over what the uh, council had asked for, which was good. Um, but yeah, parking is a huge thing. And then make sure that if, if the building is, um, is listed, which ours wasn't, you also need to be careful of that and make sure that you can work around that Yes, yeah, specialist um, set of skills, isn't it, to do it, listed it does buildings? It specialist skills. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it, it's a prestigious thing to be able to live in a, in a well-converted um, church building. And um, yeah, I, I would be careful of grave sites. We didn't have any cemeteries. I think it will put people off. I've seen a number of conversions where people have had to walk through cemeteries to get to the church. And I think that's, that can be a bit of a downer. Might appeal to goths, but I'm not sure how many yeah. goths are well are well healed enough to spend 250 grand or whatever it is on a, on a retirement yeah. sort of downsized apartment. Um, but yes, and I think that's an excellent point. The, I once looked at, and well, no, occasionally look at, and I'd like to look at more, the buildings at risk register and about, I don't know, half, or it depends on the area, of course, but a lot of the buildings on that list, on that register, seem to be churches or places of worship similar. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, it seemed to me to be a good place to start looking for potential deals. Is, is that something you'd come across or was it sim simply a deal that you went to look at through? Is that not something you've used yourself? No, we haven't used it ourselves. Um, in fact, our, we've got three partners on the, on the project. And it was quite amazing that all three of us um, had spotted the project. One had cycled past the church and saw the for sale sign. Another one had, uh, my wife saw it on, on, uh, on Right Move Commercial. And the other person uh, did a job around the corner from the church and they saw it. And literally we phoned each other on Monday and said, oh, by the way, we've seen this. And it was, oh, I've seen it and I've seen it. So yeah, we haven't used your 
what, what you what was it you said there's a, a there's a building i might have the words wrong here but it's called something like the buildings at risk register and it's that's a publicly available document and i think um i think the councils have to draw it up and then it, they're, they're graded from sort of i think something roughly like a through h where a is a it's not so bad h is holy crikey it's going to fall down tomorrow down, yeah. yeah and everything in between and then um and it's, it has a good report on, on the buildings now that doesn't mean that they're all for sale some of them might be functioning churches or functioning whatever it might be historical swing pools or whatever whatever you've got but it, i know that people you can do use that to essentially then send letters and say hey you know you fancy selling sort of thing but not not, not in this case um next question then I'm, i've got a few questions up from the chat which i'd like to get to but um uh, the in terms of putting, a, we've put floors into various projects that can get exciting, um, and I imagine it got particularly it could get particularly exciting in a church environment where essentially your floor is then halfway up a window or whatever. Did was that was there any technical challenge with that, or indeed any planning challenge? Like I imagine going to the plans and going, yeah, we're going to not only convert this church, which okay, we're going to keep the outside looking similar or the same, which is yeah. great. I imagine yeah. they would look favorably well they did as you said look favorably favorably upon but yeah. we're also going to put big steels halfway up and essentially create a new floor setup was that an issue I, as i say either technically or from a planning point it, of view it, it well i think definitely um if the building's listed that's going to be an issue definitely mm. it's going if, if it's listed it will be an issue uh, our building wasn't listed as i've said but also what we did is the original if you saw the pictures of what it was like before there was the gallery Yes. In fact, it worked out that the, the, the floor we needed was at the gallery level. Yeah. So in fact, there was already a uh, there was already a break, as it were, in the windows. So in fact, we didn't change the look from the outside at all. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Twenty three objections is a lot. Uh, we had twelve on a recent application, and more or less because of that, it was kicked out. So you did well to get it through with twenty three. Um, what was the chat like? I think people are always interested. Um, I used to I used to be a councillor, so I've sat on a few planning committees. Not as I should, for the sake of, uh, you know, I've not actually been a I've not sat on the planning committee myself, but attended many of them. Um, did you? I'm guessing you attended. We what happened yes, in I the did. chat? Uh, well, it was very interesting because I thought that um, a number I, I got an opportunity at as as is the way the planning committee is that the developer can stand up mm. and and have a talk. So I had, I think, five minutes to, to talk about the building and put forward what we'd done to address the objections. So it was the obscure glazing, the fact that we hadn't, we'd removed our request to put additional windows at the far end of the building, which were away from the road. Um, and there, there were one or two other things that, that, that we had done. So I was, I, I gave my little spiel, I addressed point one, two, three, four, this is what we've done. We want to work with the community and gave all the usual stuff. Um, and then I was expecting somebody to come up from the other side, or at least one or two objections. Nobody stood up. So nobody came up to say, after all those complaints, um, and, and yeah, I, what we did, Tom, was we I went back to the neighbours who were so difficult, and I talked them through what we were going to do. I showed them the pictures of the obscure glazing. I showed them the picture of how we rearranged the inside um, layout. Of, of the apartment yeah. and they and they then turned around and said right well in that case we're happy so i, I think that they were the main protagonists, protagonists um, you know. smashing well um, interesting story of how it got through and then lastly i've got an eye on the, eye on the time um which yeah. is a question from the floor from ant who asks about the leases so how did you what leases have you set up with those um i'm guessing you got a free old lease old uh, structure and what leases you had with the within your apartments okay what we've done is we've gone for 999 year leases Nice. Uh, but in fact, that's irrelevant because the way that we structured things is that we will be selling the freehold um, as part of the deal. So in fact, the, the leaseholders, when they buy the apartments, once all the apartments are sold, they will, they will obviously become, they will come onto the management company and they will then be sold their share of the freehold. Interesting. That's definitely appealing, isn't it? For, for example, if I was buying, that would appeal to me, and I'm sure it appeals to your yeah. your buyers and, and potential buyers. Yeah. So that's great. Um, smashing. Well, I'd, I'd love to stay and chat more. We've got lots of people in the chat saying what a great um, how much they've enjoyed that and taken from it. Uh, Julian, Charlene, Ant, and uh, Louise saying it's interesting, and they'd like to well, not all of them, but they'd like to develop churches themselves. So I, I think you've inspired some people today, uh, myself included. So thank you very much. 
um, for for taking the time to do that. Um, very much appreciate it. And, and obviously okay, just wanted to say as well that I am um, I'm very happy to chat to anybody if they want to give me a call or drop me an email. Um, I can. I, I think you've got my details. So yeah, we'll certainly be posting those details when we post this as a I'm, podcast. I'm and I think you're already in the couple group as well. So if you're not, yes. I'll get you added, and yeah. um, you can post the details in there. Feel free to do that. Thank uh, you. So smashing, thank you very much, uh, Chris. Thank you all very much for those attending and for those listening to the podcast. Hopefully, we 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 Chris did an excellent job, and hopefully, we've done our best to uh, paint a picture paint a picture with words. Um, a special thanks to our speaker today, Chris Phillips. Tune in next week when we'll be um, joined by me uh, and business partner Chris as we'll be um, doing the full launch of our Property Three Six Five program, which we um, uh, pre-launched last week, and that'll be um, incredibly exciting uh, for every body especially me because then i'll be able to relax and stop working so damn hard um but uh, but yeah that, that that will be fabulous and look forward to seeing uh, as many of you as can make it then mm-hmm.